I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Alvin Williams, Patrick Patterson, Joey Devine, Morris Peterson, Jonas Valanciunas, Sean Keane. Jorge Garbayosa! Patreon subscribers! Tom Gugliotta! Thanks, Sam Sufficool! Aaron Brooks! Thank you, Jack Brazil! Andre Miller, the media food-eating king of Portland! Thanks, Morisonic Podcast! who also requested we cheap shot Mark Cuban. He's a sexual predator. And now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of Round Ball Rock. And we are here with a Sunday late edition of Round Ball Rock. Uh, I'm here as always with temporary co-host, Sean Keen, Sean, how are you? Uh, I'm good today. Wait, did I say I... you were temporary? I meant permanent. Oh, uh, well, you know, <laughs> I, it, keep me on my toes. Uh, I, yeah, I watched Avengers Endgame today. I watched the Battle of Winterfell episode of Game of Thrones. Oh, it's, uh, I watched uh, Brooke the... Lopez's perfect day. Yeah. Well, I watched the first half of the Celtics and Bucks today too and it was not Brooke Lopez's perfect day <laughs> that's the one the one person who did not have a perfect day <laughs> um, uh, and I've just been reviewing referee footage that Daryl Morey sent us he still has not consented to go on the podcast but uh 
we got a lot of spreadsheets to our uh, <laughs> anonymous whistleblower Dropbox. So thank you, Daryl Morey. Um, before we get to that stuff, though, talking about basketball, um, I should mention uh, thanks to everyone, as the ghost of Pon- Don Pardo said, thanks to everyone that has donated to the Patreon so far. And uh, that's right. If you hadn't heard already, we here at Round Ball Rock have a Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com slash roundrockpod. Uh, we've got a ton of great stuff. For $3, you can get in a Discord chat full of uh, all the round ball what the fuckers you could, you'd want to talk to, including Sean and I. Uh, for $5 a month, you get a extra episode of Round Ball Rock every Friday. Um, for 10 bucks a month, you get buttons, and they're not designed yet. But you know what? I'm going to say what they are right now. It's three buttons. One, John Collins in the airplane costume before he goes on the slam dunk. Greatest dunk of all time. Yeah. Two, Hall of Fame Don Nelson. Greatest man of all time. And three, Benny the Bull at the Shining Hotel looking like he's blowing John Paxson. Mm-hmm. And that's ten bucks a month. You get <laughs> that's that's ten bucks a month. You get those buttons for twenty bucks a month. You get a slammed up T-shirt. Fifty bucks a month. You can be on the podcast. Hundred bucks a month. We'll see a game with you. Mm-hmm. Um, that is again available at patreon.com slash round rock pod. But if you can't afford to donate, we get it. Uh, but you still want to help the show out? You totally can. You can, uh, please tell your friends to listen to Round Ball Rock. Uh, email, you know, any of those people that review podcasts at Vulture or the AV Club. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. tag, tag, uh, you want to do graffiti of Round Ball Rock? Do that. Um, we don't condone yeah, it. Ideally, but. ideally, you would be defacing a Pod Save America mural when you did that, though. <laughs> um, or a love it or leave it. Either one. That's the ideal thing to deface in favor of Randall Rock. Or if you don't want to do that, uh, very simply, you can just rate, review, and subscribe the, to this podcast. Um, download it, though. That's important. Um, you don't even have to listen to it. Just download it. I don't know how you would be hearing that if that were the case, but uh, you can download and delete it. But downloading yeah. helps. Um, and then we also like to hear from you, our uh, listeners. Uh, you can do that at Round Rock Pod on Twitter, roundrockpod at gmail.com, or call us on the phone at 323 682 0342. It's a lot of announcements. We also have an album available at uh, uh-huh. roundballrock.bandcamp.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about the news, Sean? Yeah, let's do it. This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news for humans and robots. Trust the process. So Guy Fieri was in the news, Sean. Um, he had an interview with uh, GQ. Yes, And he, did. he said, it turned out, first off, that Guy Fieri had called Kevin Durant before he initially came to the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, 
Which is weird. <laughs> what would Sean first question? Say you were uh, on the market for a job. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you were a highly sought after uh, employee. Would a call from Guy Fieri sway you either way? Um, I would say slightly positive. I would say that probably like even as long as two years ago, it would have been a negative, <laughs> but I've, I've begun to find him more charming and more fascinating. Now, now let me, let me say this. I've never watched a Guy Fieri show. Mm-hmm. I've never seen drivers, you know, drivers, triple D, diners, triple D drive-ins dives. Yeah, to douchebags and donut shops. and <laughs> Have you seen games. guys' grocery games? No, but I think I would. I think that would be the one that I would be more interested. Have in. Have you seen? Uh, is it is that a competitive show? Yes. Is uh, it like Super Sweep? It's like Supermarket Sweep combined with Chopped, hosted by Guy Fieri. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I would like that. Show. <laughs> um, have you watched? Uh, guys, I was gonna make up a show, but I can't even. I, I'm sure he's got too many shows. Anyway, Guy then... Fieri's Gryffindor Grub, where he just makes Harry Potter food. <laughs> they then asked him, uh, what he'd be willing to do. Like, how bad does he want Kevin Durant to stay with the Golden State Warriors? And he said, "Quote, call me KD." Oh, sorry. It's me, Guy Fieri. <laughs> Call me, KD. Tell me what you need. If there's such there, there's a such thing as an inspiration dinner, an inspiration dinner that I need to cook to bring all the dignitaries together, all the players, his team, his mom, you name it. We'll consider well consider that meal cooked. Great. Hey, Joey. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you know what Guy Fieri's son's name is? Hmm. Uh, All Star. You know, that's not a bad guess. <laughs> um, it's a little more conventional. His son's name is Ryder. Okay. With a Y? But it's spelled with a Y. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's spelled with a Y. Uh, makes sense. Uh, <laughs> so, question. Oh, actually, should I read some more Guy Fieri quotes here from this article? Oh, yeah, please, please, please. Uh, he also said Durant is... Quote, a phenomenal person, and anybody in the Bay Area would give whatever they can to keep him. (coughs) And, quote, he's such a nice guy. It's more than just a player. It's the character, the energy, the person he is. He's phenomenal. So, yeah, you tell me what I can do. Tell me how I need to flex my food muscles, and I'll make it happen. Sean, question. Yes. Would a lot of people in the Bay Area say Kevin Durant is a, quote, nice guy and a, quote, phenomenal person? I don't know that that's the first thing that people would say. (laughs) Although I've never really heard about Kevin Durant being, like, mean to a regular person. No. Um, Unless that regular person was, like... A child on the internet who like called him like a baby or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Anonymously. Um. Can I? Can I? Th- this GQ interview has so much to it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, did you see the part about they asked him what the most heartbreaking game he ever went to was? Yeah, let's hear it. So he said it was Game Seven mm-hmm. in 2016. Uh, um, should I? I guess I'll read it. You have to do the voice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, it gives me goosebumps even saying it to you. I was in the Central Valley that day hosting a bacon event. Okay, he's hosting a bacon event, Joey. <laughs> um, and it happened to be Father's Day. My wife and my boys are there, and I get a call from a buddy of mine in the NBA who says, I got two of the commissioner's tickets to Game 7 tonight. Do you want to go? So went on. I went up on stage to do the presentation and said, Hey, everybody, has anyone seen my little boy, my youngest, Ryder? He was sitting in the back, so I said, Ryder, what would be the greatest thing we could do today on Father's Day? And he goes, Well, we're doing it. It's Father's Day. And I'm here with you. Well, now I'm thinking, oh, shit, I'm going to cry. But I go, Ryder, how about we go to game seven? The crowd goes fucking nuts, man. Guy Fieri is cursing this much? (laughs) He is. (laughs) Okay, keep going. (laughs) Oh, my God, this kid flips out. After the event, we jump in my wife's car and head to the game. We're in the stands. I'm still in my cooking clothes. I didn't know any of this would happen. The fans are going nuts, and he's having the greatest time. But as the game goes back and forth, he keeps looking at me saying, Do you think they can do it? Do you think they can win? And then with two minutes left, I said, Ryder, I don't know. He looks at me, and his eyes well up with big tears. And we all know what happened next. You know what? Guy Fieri fucking rules, dude. That story is fucking tight man well yeah and the end of it is his son starts crying and uh all the cleveland fans in want to take pictures with him and he still takes pictures with him but also um i have to say i'm sure the crowd cheered but like imagine you're in fresno and you you've gone to a bacon event on father's day and you've seen guy fieri your bacon hero your your diner uh drug stop you know international house of dan pakes guy <laughs> and um and he just announces like hey my son's coming up here it's father's day we're going to go to game 7 of the nba finals and everyone's like oh so you're you're leaving dude Aww. i guarantee this is post event <laughs> he wasn't supposed to Look, Guy Fieri did his time. He shook all those hands. He kissed all those babies with his weird bleached goatee. He said it was during his presentation. Right. So his presentation was done in like, how long's a cooking presentation? An hour? He's he's fine, dude. I just mean like, I just can't imagine being in the crowd and this guy being like, hey, I'm a super millionaire. You know what I'm doing with my son? I'm going to see this great game for free because I'm rich. <laughs> and the crowd went fucking nuts. No, but I like Guy Fieri. Yeah, Guy Fieri, look, he gets a bad rap. He's a ridiculous person. They uh, talk about Steph hurting his ankle against the Clippers, and he goes, Oh, fuck! <laughs> um, but my question, Sean... Uh, also, can I give you one other note about this GQ interview? Mm-hmm. You'll never believe it, but this interview was edited and condensed. I believe so, it. Yeah. Uh, so my question for you, Sean. 
is if someone was trying to convince you of something, what ridiculous celebrity could do it? And what would they have to do? Oh, what would us? Who would be the correct celebrity for me? Yeah, and what would they have to do? Like Guy Fieri cooks, sure, but right. No, I mean that's that's like a good. I bet a Guy Fieri meal would be pretty delicious, actually, and I bet he'd like kind of customize it. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, all right. Are we are we talking about a Bay Area celebrity or any any celebrity? celebrity. Okay. Look, they're just trying to convince you to do something. We're all not. Right. We don't even have to talk about what the thing is. I think I think somebody needs to have access to horror novelist Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I need I think Stephen King needs to be able to reunite the rock bottom remainders mm. to play a birthday concert for well, me. Now we have to explain who the rock bottom remainders are. <laughs> um so for those of you that don't know, Stephen King has a band. Uh uh-huh. they're called the Rock Bottom Remainders. Um they're a super group. But not in the yeah. way you'd think. <laughs> not at all. Uh, the people in the Rock Bottom Remainders are Stephen King, uh-huh. Dave Barry. They're a rock band, I should describe. Mm-hmm. I should say. Uh, Dave Barry, uh-huh. Amy Tan, mm-hmm. and Matt Groening. That's your main Rock Bottom Remainders, uh-huh. and then there are a lot of other people who have played in the rock bottom remainders. Uh Grill Marcus has played Barbara King Solvers, been in the band. Uh Scott Turo. Mm-hmm. Uh Mitch Album. Mitch Album's played in the uh, in the RBRs. Uh apparent according to Google, Maya Angelou has played in the Rock Bottom Remainers. Wow. <laughs> Roy Blunt Jr. Uh they first Played at the 1992 American Booksellers Association mm-hmm. convention in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a band! Yeah. Um, are there any general questions about the band? I'm looking at the FAQ section. <laughs> oh yeah, Amy Tan often wears like a dominatrix outfit during yeah. their shows. That uh-huh. sounds like a joke. <laughs> uh, also, apparently they that Bruce Springsteen has played a song with them. Of course. And Warren Zevon performed several times. And, uh, Gloria Gaynor once played with them as well. Great. Anyway, I want them to play my birthday concert. Okay. And then you would do whatever they wanted you to. Yeah. Like within reason, (laughs) Like, like I would take, I'd probably take a job. Yeah. Um, I think for me, someone needs to get Billy Mitchell, the Donkey Kong champion, mm-hmm. to let me play him in Donkey Kong and win. Oh, he has to throw it. Yeah, but he has to make it. He has to make it. Uh, he has to make mm-hmm. it look like I beat him. You know. Yeah. Ideally, he would also pretend to cheat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I get to heave ho him on his ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That would be tight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Should we talk about the playoffs? Ah, uh, all right. <laughs> it's the NBA playoffs. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? 
basketball for humans. We're gonna be a championship. Data for robots. Both teams play hard, my man. Both teams played hard. Okay. Um so we before we get to the games that happened this weekend, uh, we gotta say goodbye to a couple of teams we hadn't said goodbye to yet. Mm-hmm. Uh first off, the Los Angeles Clippers of Anaheim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Sean. Will they will they move to the west side? Will they move to Seattle? Will they stay put at the Staples Center? Sean, I want Only you to know. Only balls knows. Yeah, I want you to know. Um, I didn't have a chance to write this bit. Okay. But I did come up with the title of a bit to that we would do to say goodbye to the Clippers. Uh-huh. Um, called Dueling Balmers. Oh. Um, but it's we'll have to save that for later. Yeah. Later in the playoffs, he can comment on stuff. He looked <laughs> at the end of that game. He was clapping so hard for that team. He loved those guys. Right. He he loves nothing more than Chuck and friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the guys, the guys who back up Chuck is yeah. how he thinks of the Clippers. Uh, how do you feel about the future of the Clippers, though, Sean? I mean, it, it has to be pretty bright. Like, uh, it's weird, though, because what this Clippers team is most like is weirdly. Um, the, the, I don't know if anyone's made this comparison. The 99-2000 Orlando Magic also coached by Doc Rivers 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they were this sort of like under-talented team who had a bunch of guys that had kind of, they had like young guys on their team. They had guys from other teams. It was not like a team that had been assembled to make the playoffs or anything. The Magic were intentionally like clearing the decks of the last dregs of the Shaq and Penny teams. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were setting themselves up to try to sign Tim Duncan, Grant Hill, and Trace McGrady in the same summer. Mm-hmm. And they got two-thirds of the way there. But uh, it was like a really fun team. Uh, they they played really hard. Uh, and they I think they missed the playoffs by like a game. So they didn't get the eight seed like the Clippers did. And uh, they, they just got rid of like seven or eight of those guys the very next year because mm-hmm. they were just trying to cut the cap as low as possible. I think that was Corey Maggette's rookie year. <laughs> the most inspiring Corey Maggette's ever been. And then they had all these picks in uh, the 2000 draft, which was super shitty. So their timing was just sort of bad. Um, but that's how I feel about the Clippers. Like, like you don't know how many of these guys are still going to be around mm-hmm. just because they have, I think they have one max slot. Well, Question for you. Don't you think Lou Williams has to retire a Clipper now? Like, Kind of. Also, he's signed for like two more years, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, it just feels like uh, the L.A. Clippers' first true folk hero, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, because it's... The, the Lamar Odom, the Quentin Richardson, Dar- oh, Darius Miles, they're a little folk hero-y, but this is like... Well, all of them played on the team for a very yeah. limited amount of time, too. Because um, even even Elton Brand was like almost an all-star when they traded him. 
and then he chose to leave. Lou Williams is like a folk hero, yeah. like like for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, how old is Lou at this point? Like thirty two. Yeah, and he's like peaking at thirty two. Yeah. It's great. It's um, yeah, it's awesome. He'll be around. I mean, the thing is, they could, you know. It, it's not like Patrick Beverly couldn't come back. You know what I mean? Like they, but I think right. they're going to try to make some dramatic moves yeah. that that's just the sense I get mm-hmm. from what they're doing. They're and so sign they're going to Kevin Durant. Yeah. So it's like, it's like a little <laughs> bit sad that this super fun, compelling team, a team that probably would have beaten Denver in the first round, I think. Yeah. Um, if not, other teams as well but um you know they took two games from the warriors which was really good and um just super fun guys montrez is fun um whoa, sorry about that uh that was a lid that fell um but yeah they're 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 they they started two rookies in the backcourt and those guys could be on the team for the next seven or eight right. years easily yeah um, all right. Uh, who do you think they're going to sign? Is it Kawhi? I mean, I would have, I would, I think that's the most likely guy. I think that's the guy they want to get. And it's a guy who has specifically mentioned maybe going to the Clippers. Mm-hmm. It seems like probably not KD. But why? Because Guy Fieri's going to cook him a delicious meal. I mean, it seems like he would like it. I I think he just doesn't want to go to the Clippers. It would be very funny. If oh, be a man if, with like a real uh, a real second best complex, you know, mm-hmm. moves to, Went the, to the inferior. The, yeah, <laughs> the number two, the number two pick in the draft. Never better than the second best player in basketball. <laughs> Moves to be like. I understand that the Clippers might be like, how many years would the Clippers have to be better than the Lakers before the fan base actually shifts? 20. Yeah, I think it's like 20 because it's been seven. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, and it doesn't seem like there's really been any movement no. at all in that direction. Like everybody I know that's a Clipper fan moved here. Yeah. Or they're like, yeah, they're like, they're from orange County or, or they're they Lewis like Keen. both teams. Yeah. Like Lewis King, but even Lewis King used to like the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like his reason for switching was something mildly arbitrary. Lewis, please correct this. If, um, yeah, I just don't know if it's like, am I ever going to see a Clipper flag? How often do you see people wearing like Clipper merch? Very not rarely. outside a Clipper game. Yeah, I've seen like I've lived in Los Angeles for five years and I've seen out outside of Clipper games. I've seen like two Clippers. Hats. Yeah, it's a true bummer, actually, because the Clippers, this team in particular, fucking rule, dude. Uh, yeah. Like uh, if I. <laughs> We're like an East, uh, if I came, if I were a, uh, if I rooted for an Eastern Conference team before I moved here, I definitely would have just become a Clipper fan. Uh, oh, yeah. 
but unfortunately, um, it's still in the same state. I feel like I've I feel like I've gone soft for how much I like Doc Rivers now. Yeah, uh, I feel the best about the Clippers, better than I do about the Clippers. Than even a lot of the teams still in the playoffs. I feel like for their future. <laughs> oh yeah, hell yeah. Um, you've you've got a lot to look forward to, Clippers Clipper fans. Um, like I think they they're could not gonna be have, contending I... for a title next year. You know yes, what I mean? If they, get, if they got Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> or if they got Kevin Durant, yes. Uh, but even like Jimmy Butler might do it. Honestly, the <laughs> team is really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean they 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 have a terrible defense, but who cares? Yeah, <laughs> I mean like also they have. Uh, but also that a point guard is, who has the arms of a six eleven. Yeah, that man. defense is going to get better because I'm pretty sure SGA is, if things continue, is going to be like an all defensive player based on just the way his body is. You know what is, I mean? Isn't Shemet like six four? Fred Van Fleet? No, basically he's better than that. Um, well, I'm, I'm just saying Fred Van Vliet, if he was six inches taller, is a pretty good player. <laughs> um, anyway, we should say goodbye now to the All right, San goodbye, Antonio Clippers. Spurs. Goodbye, goodbye, Chuck. Goodbye, Steve. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to miss talking about Steve Ballmer. He's one of my favorite people to talk about. Stay in the news, balls. Yeah. Um, all right, let's say goodbye to the Spurs. Um, Sean, are you happy the Spurs are out of the playoffs? I have to say I am. And that, I am that, too. This too that, the, I think their future is also interesting and cool and good. Uh but I just wanted something that wasn't the Spurs again this year. It you know what I mean? This particular Spurs team Look, who's who's on this Spurs team? Ka- no Kawhi. Mm-hmm. You don't even have a Manu anymore. Who do you have? LaMarcus Aldridge, America's mm. saddest future Hall of Famer. <laughs> like, better than Joe Johnson, but, like, not with the fun elements of Joe Johnson. Mm-hmm. Just, like, like Mr. 20-footer. I don't love it. <laughs> um, uh, and then you have DeMar DeRozan, who did not even really have a bad series in particular. No. But just, like, wasn't made for these times. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 2002, DeMar DeRozan, you know, is is still losing in the Eastern Conference Finals. Right. Alongside Antoine Walker, probably. But uh, it just, like, he's the wrong size. He can't shoot a three at all. And it's just, like, when he was driving... So the end of game seven, uh, DeMar DeRozan goes for a two for one. And it's like the it is the correct play. Like he's he knows there's like 32 seconds left. He needs to get a quick basket. Mm -hmm. That's the best move. But even as he's going to the hoop, I was just like, there's no way this is going to work because it's DeMar DeRozan. Why didn't Greg Popovich call timeout on either of those plays? 
He should the, the the idea that he should have called timeout before he went for a two for one is ridiculous because he didn't call timeout and Demar Derozan tried to get a two for one. Right. Why would you use your last timeout for that? I'm That's just asinine. saying. I'm just saying. I saw some uh, some people arguing that on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that argument that it was like you should have used your last timeout to make sure you got a two for one. It was like, did you watch the fucking play? His shotgun block, but he was going for a two for one. Like they, they didn't fuck around. Demar Derozan went right for the basket. He just got his shot blocked because he's Demar Derozan, and it was a cl- an elimination game. Like, like it's. I like Demar, but he is a doomed, tragic figure when it comes to the NBA playoffs. Right, for uh, sure. Now maybe they should have called a timeout when there was. A second and a half to go, but once Greg Popovich screamed at them for 12 seconds to call timeout, and LaMarcus Aldridge like ran up to his man and touched him and didn't foul him, uh-huh. that was the point when Popovich was like, well, these guys are idiots. I'm happy to begin my food and wine tour of America two weeks early. Uh-huh. Um, we were going to lose to the Blazers anyway. <laughs> let's let's get this over with. They would have gotten killed by the Blazers, I think. I don't. I mean, yes, this not, is. I'm not necessarily confident about the Blazers against the Nuggets. And I'm going to I'm going to say this. We love our Portland fans and we love our listeners. We love our readers. Um Think about the team you guys just played in the first round. We're going to talk about that, obviously. Um, but I, I don't know. I think, I think the Spurs maybe would have been able to effectively slow down Portland, and it would be a boring slog of a series that I don't. I think it would have been closer than you think. Um, but Portland would have won. I think. Um, yeah, this, this Spurs team is just like, it, it feels like a show that went a season too long where it was like, you know, we didn't really need to learn that more about Patty Mills. Now, what I will say about the Spurs is for the first time in a very long time, uh, the Spurs have a lot of interesting young players now. Yeah, they used to have one. Yeah, Jakob Pertle, I think, is pretty good. Uh, and then they have all these real interesting young guards, like Lonnie Walker, uh, like Derek White. Um, and then they have, uh, what's his name coming back? Um, DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray. Uh, so that's like a really interesting guard rotation. Yeah. And, and Jakob Pertle. Well, he's an and, interesting center. Like he's probably a starter at least. He might be better than that. Who knows? Uh, yeah, no. It it and they'll be able to. I mean, where are they picking this year? Like sixteen or seventeen? Yeah, probably. But yeah, I mean, all these guys are like twenty three, twenty four years old. Well, and um, they can maybe trade Lamarcus Aldridge based on uh team striking out with all the cap spaces. So oh, that's just a good saying, point. just saying, I mean, imagine, imagine <laughs> that feeling. If you say you're, say you're DeJounte Murray. Mm-hmm. All right. You've been rehabbing your poor knee. You watched your team get knocked out of a series where you're like, damn, I would have like, just put the clamps on 
Jamal Murray. And you go in to do some some workout room, and you see the team's equipment manager is using a screwdriver, and he's taking the nameplate off of LaMarcus Aldridge's <laughs> locker. Doesn't like your your cartilage start to just emotionally and spontaneously grow back even faster because <laughs> you now have you have, you have hope. Uh, here's the main question about the Spurs, though. Uh, mm-hmm. Is Pop going to retire? No, he's going to go one more year. Okay. Just I don't I don't think I mean he's coaching the Olympics in 2020. Mm-hmm. It just it seems weird that he would quit a year before that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and it the thing I thought might make him retire is if um the Spurs owners divorce got weird, but it doesn't seem like that became an issue at all. Um, okay, let's talk about the games this weekend. Okay. Uh the thing everybody's wanted us to talk about, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Uh land shooting landing area. <laughs> Yay! Uh, Thank the, God. The Warriors beat the Rockets 104 to 100. Both teams played like shit. It was, frankly, a. Uh, it was one of the weirder games I've ever seen. Uh, Kevin Durant was really good. James Harden shot nine of tw- nine for twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Um, he missed twelve three pointers. Yeah. Uh, Eric Gordon very good. Chris mm-hmm. Paul not so good. Got ejected. Uh, in classic Chris Paul style. Yeah, that's crazy that that at a crucial moment in a playoff game, Chris Paul's emotions got the best of him. We you hate to see it. We rarely see it. Mm-hmm. But uh, did he bump the ref? I didn't really think he did. He, but... No, um, he was certainly annoying. the ref. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kevin Durant, 11 for 25. Turn the ball over six times. Uh, Steph Curry once, once at at a at a bad he had a badly timed turnover I would mm-hmm. say Joey uh, he had two I would say um, Steph Curry <laughs> was in foul trouble again with five fouls uh, Clay Thompson um, thirteen points on an ankle people said he was not going to play on uh, which he then stuck under James Harden's foot several times <laughs> uh, Andre Iguodala great very good game six to seven five fouls. Draymond Green, easily the Warriors' best player, if you ask me, even though KD scored all those points. Uh, 7-9, shot a lot, and then Kevon Looney, my favorite player, 15 minutes, 6 points, 2 turnovers. Why? Uh, I don't know why I read those box scores. What I will say is, um, Sean. Yeah. You've seen the video. Was... Clay Thompson purposefully, continually trying to injure James Harden by stepping in his landing area. Uh, I I don't think that's the case. No, <laughs> I think I think like, look, man, I understand that the Rockets have run a computer simulation about expected foul calls versus the league average or whatever. We should but mention that Daryl Morey. Oh yeah. Leaked to Kelly Eco Ico um, that he's been on the league for two years about how the Warriors put their feet in people's landing areas. Mm-hmm. And then he went through all the last two minute reports and learned that like 
the Warriors always are the beneficiaries of uh, missed calls. Yeah, that is some small market energy. This is not the kind of thing that works. This is this is essentially the the giving Jeremy Lin and Omar Asik poison pill contracts. This is something where someone with a computer program and a mild knowledge of databases is going too far and trying to be clever rather than actually being uh, like smart. Mm-hmm. This is not a good approach to take to get like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it comes off very well. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it seems like an extreme reaction after one game of a playoff series. Maybe he thinks this is like effective lobbying, mm-hmm. but a, it, feels like both kind of like sour grapes and like that he's presenting the report in a clear plastic binder and expecting to get extra credit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also he, the, the Rockets two main players are James Harden and Chris Paul, who are two of the people who straight up fake being fouled so much that it's, like synonymous with them. Mm -hmm. James Harden's whole game is to whip his head around and continually pretend like he's being fouled. And then he shoots a step back three point jumper where his feet somehow land four feet in front of where he took off. Mm -hmm. Like, like you're just trying to trick people. So you can't, you can't also complain about the refs, the mechanism that you use for your highly efficient offense. Mm-hmm. It's like they're both the cops and internal affairs and like a <laughs> citizens review board of the cops. Here's what I'll say. Um, they're right. Those Clay Thompson plays were fouls that Draymond Green one at the end was not. That was James Harden throwing his feet mm-hmm. at uh, at Draymond Green. And you know how I know that? Uh, because Steph Curry also does this constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's just a thing. And I described it as uh, today. I really think the reason Harden didn't get a lot of those calls in the first half uh, was because uh, the refs just went in today like, I don't want to get tricked by James Harden's bullshit, so I'm just not yes. going to call it. I don't think it helped him that after game three, where the Rockets beat the Jazz, there were constant plays where James Harden did not get fouled and reacted like he got shot. And it's like, it's not a surprise that the refs are inconsistent if you're constantly trying to deceive them. Mm-hmm. Like, that's your fault. Now, I'm not like, going to go as far as you are. Um cuz I think it's I think uh Harden's deceiving is cool. Uh Chris Paul's whole shtick no, is it's not. It's not, dude. Like you're brainwashed by our friends Corbin Smith no, no. and Wilms. It's not it's not cool that he's snapping his head no, around. It's like it's but the I cheapest think, bullshit. No, but I do think drawing fouls is a skill and he's probably the best at it ever. 
it's incredibly okay. It is, it is the taking 15 pitches per at bat Mm -hmm. of like, okay, it is, I just don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy it either. I don't like watching it, but trying to manipulate people. It's like, he'd, he'd rather get a whistle than a bucket. And that is not like, like obviously people hate it. Mm -hmm. Fans hate it. And I think I'm sure refs hate it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure other teams hate it, (laughs) but it's like, this is some like real, Letter of the law, well, actually bullshit that has been infecting Twitter since this game ended. It's insufferable. The fact that we're going to have to talk about fucking landing area for two days is it makes me want to blow my brains out. I'm sure this is how Tillman Fertitta treats his income taxes as well. Uh, This game was frustrating and bad, though, by the way. Both teams were just constantly yelling at the referees. There were many, many plays where either the Rockets or the Warriors got a fast break bucket because one of the players was yelling at a ref instead of playing defense. Um, It's just not to be all Jeff in. Well, the problem is that you have the the official mouthpiece of the NBA, the announcing team of Jeff Van Gundy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and down man down Jackson, and a a clearly depressed Mike Breen at this point. <laughs> bang are either talking bang. about people complaining <laughs> about sad the bangs, said bang. <laughs> Like, like sometimes he just holds an unloaded revolver in his mouth after these games and just goes bang, bang. Just imagines the sweet release of no more Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> but yeah, Jeff Van Gundy is either complaining about players complaining about the officiating or just complaining about the officiating himself. Mm-hmm. Because he hates basketball so much. Right. There's nothing he hates more than basketball. He wishes he could just be a color guy for the Houston Texans, but that job is taken. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, game two, mm-hmm. uh, people are going to get what they want here, and James Harden is going to shoot like 60 free throws. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it's like, and let's yes. see how they feel about the game when that happens. <laughs> is that what you want? <laughs> It is going to be as long as a Red Sox-Yankees game in 2007. Oh, and the best part (laughs) is we're going to have Tuesday through Saturday to just argue about the refs for days. Yeah. Like anyone even really understands the NBA rulebook. It's like, oh, yeah, let's watch some. like, Like, could we, do you think we could successfully turn uh, a Twitter flame war about the refs could we like sneak in some footage of that Des Bryant non catch and just derail it and be like, yeah, we're like the NFL now. That's what America's popular sport is. Can we also then also somehow figure out a way to make it about the D triple C as well? Oh yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, here's a question for you. Um, Uh isn't it a little weird that uh, we're complaining about fouls mm-hmm. when Andre Iguodala and Stephen Curry were in foul trouble already. 
Like, yeah, did they want them to foul out in the second quarter? Like, Rockets shot like thirty free throws in that game. <laughs> it's like, what... but yeah, that's what, I will that's say. what you want. Whatever a computer predicts, if things are close to the statistical average of a replacement level player, and the result of the game is like that, it is a just outcome, Joey. Uh, I should also mention. Um... Draymond Green also got a technical foul, so we're one step closer to him being suspended in the NBA Finals. So, did Chris Paul get any in the Utah series? I think he got one. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, yeah. But good job, good job. Uh, but if I'm a Rockets fan, which I'm uh-huh. very clearly not, uh, I would be very nervous that the war that the Rockets didn't win this game because the Warriors turned the ball over ten thousand times. It was and it was uh, twenty. It was twenty turnovers. <laughs> That's a lot. And the war and Andre Iguodala and Steph Curry were in foul trouble, um, and they still lost. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that might be one of the reasons for maybe the uh, the opposition research dump done by Daryl Morey after the game is that this was the stealable game, and they really, I don't know, like. This game was definitely a toss-up, and now it is going to be hard to beat the Warriors four out of six games. That's all I would say. Uh, I, don't, I, would, I don't think the teams are that far apart at all. But uh, I would also say um, I think it's strange that if you watched the Clippers series um, and you're Mike D'Antoni to continually go to Nene instead of Kevin Kenneth Fareed. Right, right, right. That you have like old Bontrez Harold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Farid is a lot worse at defense than Harold is. Um, but he still is the same kind of energy rebounder guy. Um Well, why would you adjust your approach when a computer told you about the most efficient way to play though, Joey? <laughs> Why would Mike D'Antoni ever adjust during a playoff series? Uh, all right. My last question for you, Sean. Yes. We haven't done predictions for these series. Yeah. Uh, what is your prediction and has it changed? Um, I think I was saying Warriors in six, which was a weird prediction anyway. Mm-hmm. I think I would probably stay with it. I don't think that any team, either of these teams particularly has a home court advantage. Like the Warriors won two games in Houston last year. Um, the Clippers won two games in Oakland in round one. So mainly I just kind of think that uh, the Rockets will win either game two or game three. And I could definitely see the Warriors easing up or just losing another game. Basically. This is going seven games. I said it at the time. I said it now. It's going to happen now. Uh, it's also it's still going to happen. Um, uh, the Warriors just fucking suck at home, and they don't try hard all the time. And uh, uh, they gave the Clippers two games. So why wouldn't they give the Rockets three? They really almost gave the Rockets this game. D- <laughs> Joey, I have to ask why can't why is Kevin Durant so bad in like inbound situation low minutes just like that that sorry that low clock just like any situation where it's like they have to foul or they're going to try to trap you and steal the ball from you 
It seems like it works all the time, and it worked really well when the Warriors would do it to him, too. Yeah, it's because he's seven feet tall and his dribble's really high. He shouldn't be dribbling the ball there. <laughs> like, Dirk Nowitzki doesn't dribble the ball there. You know what I mean? Kevin, just Kevin hold, Garnett did Hold the ball above your head. Yeah, just don't <laughs> dribble. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to... Say some. I'm going to admit something really quick. Uh, Boston beat Milwaukee today. Uh, I did not watch this game. I woke up, looked at the score, and Boston was down by 20. And I was like, I can't handle this and went back to sleep. <laughs> oh, Milwaukee was down. I mean, Milwaukee was down. Boston was up by 20. And I literally was like, I can't do this. I, 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 I'm, going to I'm going back to sleep. This is too depressing. I watched most of the first half and then I went to see Endgame and it was 52-50 at halftime and then uh, the next time I checked, Boston was up 15. Yeah. Um, Al Horford apparently, I mean, I saw the I saw the highlights, had a great game. Mm -hmm. um, Giannis shot 7 for 21. Uh, Eric Bledsoe looked broken again. Apparently. Um yeah, he scored six points. Brooke Lopez scored three points. My question for you is, uh, is this going to keep happening? Are we again getting Boston? Uh, are we getting Brad's, Coach Brad outsmarting everyone with his virgin powers? Well, what I'm, I'm actually think this reminds me more of the Rockets in the playoffs, mm -hmm. where during the season they have this just like flamethrower offense, which is really good statistically. And on like a given night, they just blow people out. But when you kind of just run the same play all the time, it is kind of easy to game plan for. And actually Giannis was not really even killing it on his post-ups against the Pistons because mm -hmm. they had a chance to game plan for it. So, I mean, basically Milwaukee just needs to, to to counterpunch what Boston's doing. I think they'll figure something out. You know what I actually think the counterpunch is for Milwaukee, too? What's that? It's going to sound weird because it's a rookie. But I think the answer might actually be forcing Al Horford to guard DJ Wilson. Oh, that's interesting. Because he's young, he's athletic, and he can hit threes. And so you would not play Brooke as much. Yeah. And, I mean, Giannis on defense is ostensibly a center anyway. I think that's a really good point. And it's just, it just might not be the series for Brooke, although he was plus two in the game today. I mean, Brooke can eat against Aaron Baines. It's just mm -hmm. Horford is not a great matchup for yeah. a lot of these bucks. Also, uh... This is George Hill's got to be good this series, I got to say. <laughs> uh, because I don't think Eric Bledsoe, this can't continue, my man. Yeah, that was that was that was not good. What didn't... is it about Terry Rozier that breaks <laughs> Eric Bledsoe? Well, what's weird is he just kind of didn't do anything like he got fouled a couple times. Well, I don't know if you saw that play. But they're literally in his head. 
Yeah, uh, no, he seems psyched out. He only took five shots. No, but also there's a very specific play, Sean, where he has the ball on the break, and then it's literally like his brain broke. He stops at the foul line, picks up the ball, and then pump fakes like three or four times while the rest of the offense and the defense just like uh, set up around him. Was uh, was Drew Bledsoe at the game, Joey? <laughs> I, that I don't know. Um, is this going to last, Sean? I I think kind of. I look. This was a terrible matchup for Milwaukee. I think, just because it's like. I mean, I did not expect them to get shut down on offense to this degree, and I think that to a degree will not keep happening but i also don't know that like al horford putting up 20 and 11 and shooting 50 percent that doesn't seem that unreasonable like Kyrie's performance doesn't seem that unreasonable like there's a lot of things from boston where it jason tatum didn't even have that good a game <laughs> well he's he's he was really sleepy. It was a really early game. <laughs> he needs he needs like thirteen or fourteen hours of sleep a night. He's an infant. He's still breastfeeding. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, it, it. I think Milwaukee should be worried for sure. Uh. All right. What was your prediction, and has it changed? Um. I actually thought Boston was going to win in seven. Wow. And that Are was you, cool. Eric Gunderson. <laughs> no, it was just it was motivated <laughs> from uh, belief in Kyrie and also belief in the most annoying possible outcomes in the playoffs. Uh, I had Milwaukee in four um, and I'm still thinking it's going to be Milwaukee in five. Really? Yeah. Giannis is the best player in the series and they're going to figure but Bud is not going to get this outplayed. Well, I think they're going to be fine. That's the other reason is that I've seen uh, Mike Budenholzer get surprised in the playoffs. Yeah, but he's never had the best player in a series. Those Hawks teams never had the best player in a series. That's true. I just, I mean, Kyrie, I just think Boston has two and three, and Kyrie is pretty good. I mean, maybe. Um, Our. They certainly do have a three-year-old on their team in uh, Jason Tatum. Um, the Nuggets beat the Spurs, Sean. We mm-hmm. sort of talked about this. Um, first yeah, we thing, have, yeah, go first ahead, thing I'd like to say, though, is uh, Nikola Jokic fucking rules, dude. He was so tight in that game. It was great because Mike Malone was just like, I needed to play the whole game. And Jokic was just like, you know, I don't really like to run, coach. <laughs> Look at me. Uh, but he did it. He didn't collapse at any point. He didn't. He didn't look. I wouldn't say he looked windful. No. At the end of that game, they are playing the Blazers. Let's preview that series a little bit. Even yeah, let's do that. Yet. Okay. Yeah. Um. What are you feeling going into this, Sean? Dude, I am very excited for this series because um, I don't really think either of these teams can particularly play defense. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, 
Like, I don't really think Ennis Cantor is going to be effective against Jokic. It's a very strange series, I would say, in that uh-huh. um, they're kind of sister cities in a way. You know what I mean? Like, Jokic is uh, like a passing big man in the way that Bill Walton and Arvidas Sabonis were. Mm-hmm. Uh Denver and Portland are maybe the two two of the better comedy scenes in the country. Comedy scenes, a lot of like marijuana based businesses yeah. and delicious, maybe not good for you food. Uh, there big is, beer cities. There is one thing I'm worried about. Uh, I am worried that this series is going to tear apart the All Fantasy Everything podcast. Our oh friends no, over there. because. Because Dave, David Borey's Nuggets yeah, versus nuggets Ian and Sean's Portland Blazers. Blazers, yeah. So, is Sean uh, Jordan a Blazers fan? He is. He's a big Blazers fan. Okay. Zach okay. Toscani, also a big Blazers fan. Yeah. I, I, Sean, I'm never sure because of the South Dakota influence. Where, But I think if you grew up in South Dakota, that just means that while you were there, you were a fan of the Chicago Bulls. I do have a suggestion for how they can get through this. Oh, good. Uh, they just have to get together. Not talk about this series and gang up on Celtics fan Mike Malloy. Oh, that's uh, cool. Just get together and just beat up. <laughs> just you know, use your powers against Mike Malloy, not each other. What um, if they? What if they like draft uh, Celtics with heart conditions? <laughs> um, this uh, is going to be a great yeah. series, though. Uh, I think it'll be fun because. Um, yeah, there's okay. Also, they'll be they'll be playing at altitude, mm-hmm. which should be really fun. And three pointers go in easier at altitude. Um, I would be a little concerned if I were Denver, just in the lack of playmaking that <laughs> was maybe shown against the Spurs. Mm-hmm. But also, the Spurs are good at like junking things up right, and this... you out of your offense, like. I think I think this is a big bounce back Will Barton this series. This is going to be much well, and that's the other thing we need to talk about. Uh, uh-huh. It's a Will Barton revenge series. Um, well, it's well think think about all the players they've shared. So Will Barton, Plumley, Plum Dog, was traded for Erna Flalo, right? Yeah, Plumley was traded for Nurkic. Mm-hmm. Uh, get better, buddy. And also Portland still mad. About Denver trading them Raymond Felton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> Captain Fatty Fat Pants. Uh, Andre Miller's played for both teams. Um, I've got to say. They share a lot of guys. Here's here's a thing, though, I, I am going to say. Uh, mm. I know Denver's offense looked screwed up against the Spurs. Mm. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case against the Blazers. No, there's going to be they some. They both want to yeah. play this. There's going to be like a, this is going to be like there's going to be games where both teams score like 170 points. I'm going to say this is going to be a series where, um, you know how in this Warrior series everybody looked, every player looked bad. Basically, mm-hmm. this is going to be a series where you're like, well, there's like seven really good players in each of these teams yeah. just because they're going to be able to do a lot of what they want. Here is one thing I'm especially looking forward to. Uh, Michael Beasley is really going to eat against Seth Curry, I think. I mean, oh, not Michael I, Beasley, uh, Malik Beasley. Yeah, there's... Um, 
there look, there is a lot of great defensive effort from Portland's backcourt. I don't know that there are a lot of shutdown defenders in that rotation. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's your well, prediction? I mean, and there aren't there aren't for the Nuggets either. Don't no, get me no, no, wrong. Like, no. Like, <laughs> I mean, I guess Gary Harris is kind of good, but uh, Jamal Murray. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be like a Minu and uh, Millsap playing defense against each other, and then everything else being everybody terrible. Else is like, <laughs> I'm open. <laughs> Um, it's, it's actually hard for me to predict this series for this reason. I am leaning towards Portland because I think they have more of a real home court advantage. And you really, I don't know. You're, well, what's you're, up? you're, you're really into the Bill Skimmons school of, uh, the crowd makes people lift, lift up, lift some higher puss. I just think Denver, um, has fans that are somewhat expecting the bottom to fall out. Mm-hmm. And whereas Portland has had the bottom fall out, their fans just remain more op- optimistic and supportive. I've, they've got more small market energy, Joey. Here's my thing. I'm, uh, I'm a little worried about the hubris I'm seeing from some Portland fans. <laughs> oh I my know. God. I know a lot of them. I've already heard, more than one Portland fan say, hey, don't tell anybody this, but I think the Blazers can beat the Warriors. Mm-hmm. We're not naming any names, but um, again, <laughs> Portland looked really good in the first round against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Noted first round playoff performers, Paul George and Russell Westbrook leading the way. And Cup mastermind Billy Donovan at the switches and uh i mean like like they know the thunder aren't very good right right <laughs> but, like it was personally very inspiring to see damian lillard do that but russell westbrook is not a good defensive player or uh, an effective offensive player either really and yeah um I and know... I feel like that's where the optimism is coming from. It's not really from the regular season. Right. Exactly. And that is um, a little bit of a red flag to me on the with the Blazers' chances. Uh, yeah, it was like they made a great comeback in Game 5 when Oklahoma City played three players the entire second half. And it was like, you know, weird that they got tired at the end there. Oklahoma City does didn't have a big man that Anis Cantor actually had to guard. Uh and Jokic right. is um maybe the best center in the league. <laughs> I mean, at I, this I'm point, gonna say he's the best center in the league, Joey. You think he's better you think he's better than Embiid? Yes. Then, I yeah. do. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Embiid is like a better defensive player, but I think when you get to the playoffs, like Rudy Gobert wasn't shit in the first round. So <laughs> like Joel Embiid has, wasn't shit in game one. So uh, yeah, no, I mean, Jokic was, Jokic won that first round series mostly by himself. Yeah, And I do think where, yes, they don't have a great amount of wing defense, uh, they don't really have anyone to guard Damian Lillard because, like, Derek White put 40 points on them or whatever. 
Um, I do think they at least have a lot of players they can make stand in front of Damian Lillard. So at right. least they don't get tired or foul out. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, um, think I think I'm taking Nuggets in seven. I mean, I don't. I don't really have very much confidence in Portland in this series, but I just, um, I think they might be a little more, I think you're more likely to get good performances down the roster from the Blazers than the Nuggets. And it could totally surprise me. Like I, like Barton and Beasley could be really good in this series and it wouldn't surprise me at all. But right now I feel a little bit better about the Blazers. I get it. In this series only, <laughs> they're losing in the conference <laughs> if they win. Um, and come on, okay, that's <laughs> our next. We got to talk about Raptors Sixers, I guess. Yeah, this game was fucking boring, dude. The Sixers are fucked. Yeah, uh, man. Kawhi Leonard <laughs> just shredded them. Um, it was a real statement game uh, from Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Was he like 15 of 20? Uh, that sounds right to me. Yeah. It's <laughs> just like, and see, here's the thing that the, I do think the Sixers can bounce back to the degree of like, I think, I don't think Siakam is going to hurt him quite as badly. Like, I don't know if they have anything they could do with Kawhi because Jimmy Butler did not appear to be able to do anything against him defensively. Honestly, I would put Ben Simmons on him. Yeah, I would put Simmons on him, and I would probably put Embiid on Siakam because, uh, like, if he yeah, like, if he really shit about Marcus All man, like, I would just uh, yeah, I'd be like, let him let either of those guys. If this- 38-year-old man wants to beat us, let him do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he look, he's he's a good defensive player. It's it's awesome to think that Marcus Hull could just be like your third or fourth important player in a playoff series. That's a very good that testament rules, yeah. to their team. Um but yeah, it's weird to look at the Sixers and be like, man, they really could have used Mike Scott. <laughs> no uh, disrespect to Mike Scott, he ain't no bitch. I, so, yeah, this game was boring and sad, and I don't really want to talk about it. Great job, Kawhi. Who did you have in this series? Uh, I thought the Raptors would win in six. Did, uh, is is your mind changed? I think they will probably. I think the Sixers will win a game, mm-hmm. but I think the Raptors are going to win in five now. I thought they would. I thought they would just struggle or be tighter and Kawhi Leonard didn't let that happen at all. So yeah, I've been, and I've been calling the Sixers frauds for quite a while now. Uh, so I had Raptors in five this whole time and I mm. do not feel any worse about it. So you have nuggets in seven, you have warriors in seven. I think that's what I said. Yeah. I yeah, have yeah. warriors in seven. Yeah. And I have Warriors and six, Blazers and six, mm-hmm. and then you have Raptors and five. I had them in six, and now I want them in five. Mm-hmm. And then you had you have Bucks and five, and I have Celtics and seven. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good split. Uh, yeah. Um, Sean, is there anything you want to plug? 
Um, I'm going to have another guide to the second round of the playoffs. I think it'll be up today. Uh, great. When you're listening to this, it'll be up today. Um, what was I going to ask? Oh, and then as for me, you can always follow me at Frankie Muniz, where 11 hours ago, I tweeted an Instagram link that I have not clicked on. But the uh, text says, getting hype over here. Hair, courtesy of Britney Spears Hair Salon, at Outrageous Olive Oils and Vinegars. What's going on, man? (laughs) I just clicked on it, and it's a video, and he's completely bald. Um, (sighs) Frankie. (laughs) uh, Did you write a Luka Doncic song? I did. I did. I got uh, our friend Bob Seeger to help us out again. Um, all right. Uh, the song is called Light Moves. Great. And then as for... Uh, and then, yeah. Trust the process. Trust the process. Uh, shut it down. Mike Breen, don't kill yourself because you have to hang out with those guys. <laughs> Six foot eight inches tall, could have dropped a few pounds. Todd Handel scores points, he can rebound. He was an alien beauty with big blue eyes. Could be a favorite if Kyle Singler's your guy. Ooh, or if Myers Leonard's your guy. He rose up the draft board in Indiana real quickly. Larry Bird imagining him in the jersey from Hickory Doing our scouting in Ivy League schools Working on Working on our white moves Shooting big shots Wearing curry twos Working on our white moves In garbage time In the suburban layup line Luke is not athletic, no far from it Good fundamentals, like he was coached by Pat Summit Always throwing balls, passes with two hands Delighting those Princeton fans It's showboating, it makes me want to puke Act like you've been there and by there I mean Duke Adam Moore's a man He never got a fair shake And neither did Steve Blake Working on a not white moves Like the M1 tool for New Balance shoes Working on a white moves In garbage time Division two, garbage time, garbage time. And I'm the blunder. Monet Collison, anchoring. The thunder 
I watched last night, Dame beat the thunder. Would Kyle got falls them, I wonder. Started picturing a roster from 1962. Ain't taking a charge, a white move. When you ain't fastened, George Carl is drinking booze. Set shot, that's a white move. I think Trump might win again. White moves. White moves. Oh, white moves. Yeah. Practicing free free throws. White moves. Mm -hmm. I remember those. The white moves. Oh, Kevin McHale's up and under. Oh, Chris Mullen cherry picking. Funny how I remember. Woohoo! I remember I made a bonus. Oh, and Keith Van Horn. Oh, oh, oh. we love to practice. Running shuttle runs just for fun. Woohoo, those white moves. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.